Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. It's launch week. It is launch week. This is one of the most exciting, historic weeks in the life of our church family. Kirsten, tell them why. I think it's the most exciting for all churches that this happens to. It is, we are launching our second campus. That's right. We are going to multi-site. We are going from one it's campus like to two. It's having one child and having your second. If you have children, you understand, especially as a mom. I was telling Joe this the other day. Yeah, I totally butchered this on Sunday morning. I tried to tell the church. <sighs> so here, here's what you told me, like literally right before I went up to preach. We were standing <laughs> in the back of the auditorium, <laughs> and you came up, you gave me a hug in the back of the room. We were singing, and, and it was almost like... I think you and I had one of those moments. We're like, this is a special moment. This mm-hmm. is like the last week before the next big thing. And you're mm-hmm. just kind of taking it in with me. Mm-hmm. And and you whispered in my ear what I'm assuming you're going to tell everybody right now. <laughs> and I made the mistake of not having time to process it. It meant something to me. So I went up. Uh, this was actually Saturday night. Oh, okay. and And I went up and tried to regurgitate that in front of the whole church and on Saturday night, they just, they did not connect with it. They they looked at me like, huh? Well, and this is Saturday night. They laugh at everything. They well, get this everything. This isn't funny, but it's, it's actually as a mom, <laughs> you remember being a mom of your first child and then you're pregnant and you're about to have your second. And there's, I remember taking Neil to the park. And I remember knowing I had a scheduled appointment to like be induced on Monday morning. So I took him to the park and I was sitting there. I got emotional. I was like, I still remember this. I remember what park I was at in Kansas City. And I was like, this is like our last time to just be like one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just this, all this attention on this one child. And you knew Monday everything was going to change because you're about to have two. And it's like this emotional connection of, oh, like super excited about two. But this, this is our last time to just be one-on-one. Like this is special. And that was that moment. Like this is our last time to have one church and we're Kirsten about to have two. is telling me this in the back of the room <laughs> during the worship set. And I think you and I had a moment, and then I tried to have that moment with the whole church. <laughs> it, it fell flat. I don't remember what I said. I, I haven't gone back and listened to it, but it was just kind of off the cuff. And I just said, you know, my wife and I are just talking. It's like it's like when you have one kid and you go to two kids, and and you know that you know it's just that uh, you know you know what I'm saying. And they looked at me like. Crickets. No, we don't know. <laughs> well, I remember listen. I remember hearing that you said it's like going from one child to the second child, but then you put this at the end. You said, and it's not. And that was where you landed, and I was like... I said that? It's like that, and it's not. Oh, was was this Saturday night? Yes. Okay, because I know... Way to go, Joe. I was was actually working on another problem, so I didn't hear that. Otherwise, I could have made the the cricket chirping sound from my phone for you. I did, because sometimes... What a lot of people don't understand, when you public speak a lot, you feel the room. You, you know, every preacher knows exactly what I'm talking about. You can feel the room, and you know when that group is with you or when they're not with you. And when I got to that point, 
I was like, oh man, there's a disconnect. Like I know what I'm trying to say, but it is not. In other words, you're not supposed to go no notes. Like don't go off script. Well, you had a script. You had something you worked hard on. I think this comes back to you. You you threw me off. I was just trying to say, like, I mean, Abby's a mom. Abby knows and she understands when you go from this one-on-one with your first child, and you know you're you're any day, any hour, any moment, you're about to go from this one-on-one connection with your child to <laughs> then it's going to be two. It's never going to be the right. same. No, again. I think you explained it really well. And I think it fits perfectly with our situation here at the church. The breakdown happened when I tried to <laughs> relate that to the church. Because you did now, not give birth. Now, I will say this, that when... I will remind you, I did. I was there. <laughs> I remember it. Hey, um, but what I do, what I, what I, I did polish it up better for Sunday morning. So Saturday night when I hadn't really thought about it much. How did I miss that story? Because I was... I was at like three out of the four services this weekend. <laughs> I, don't I don't know how I missed that. I don't know. But anyway, you know, it, it just, it happens sometimes. But I kind of was up on stage going, you know, that moment where you go, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and everybody's like, were like, like blank like, stares. Yeah, it was kind of blank stares. Like, I, I don't know what you <laughs> well, mean. Well, as Abby said, you were like, it's like that, but it's not. <laughs> it's like that, but it's not. I did say that. I you did. To, I didn't but go there was back no and listen. explanation of why it's also not. So I was like, is there more coming? <laughs> well, that's, that's the, Where's the rest of the story. <laughs> so it's kind of like a few weeks ago when I was trying to say how they can get information. I, I, what I meant to say was you can shoot Cody an email. But all I said was, you can shoot Cody. (laughs) (laughs) And so I didn't didn't, come back and say, well, later I came back, I finished it. So yeah, go ahead and shoot Cody an email. But I inadvertently (laughs) did not know that. I mean, I did not know I didn't finish the sentence. So people came up afterwards like, it's a good thing you finished that thought later because you left us with, you should shoot Cody. You don't realize this, but you do that a lot. Like even at home. You You mean when I started and I don't. Yeah. What? You'll be like, hey, when you get in the, and then you like turn and do something <laughs> else. And I'm like, when I get in the what? What, my, what were you bro- saying? And then you sit there and you kind of think like, well, what was I saying? Nope. And I'm like, well, we'll go my back. My brain is like a fast high processing no. computer. <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I can, I'm processing information so fast that I'm on to the next task. Before. Nah, no, no, that's not <laughs> no, true. that's not the case. No, that's not, no. No, my wife you accused stop. me of having, my wife accused me of having a Windows 95 brain. Like I you, have not said you that. You are an old processor trying no, to figure, no, you but. tell me all the time, you said, you cannot keep up with a conversation, which it's, is kind of true sometimes. Most men cannot multitask the level of multitasking women can do. No, I agree with that. And so I think what happens... Every married man on the planet knows the truth behind that statement. Okay, good, good. I'm glad we're all together here. So (laughs) when you start into something and then your brain wants to go a different direction, you stop this conversation and then you start this one because you can't do both. Typically, I can have both conversations going at the same time and complete both my thoughts all in one Listen, conversation. Listen, I'm going to gladly admit right now that, that <laughs> women's processing abilities far exceed men most of the time. You can have multiple things happening all at once. And that's like, you know, what's that old book? Men are like waffles. Women are like spaghetti. Yeah. It's the spinning the plates. You're, you, you, you're trying to spin all these plates and you got them going and, and you, you got to keep up. You just right. got to be able to keep up and keep going. Maybe that's what happened 
this weekend. You you had this illustration going because you also had other things happening, but you were also able to communicate what multi-site was like and relate that to your pregnancy. <laughs> and I was like, I had to totally shift gears and I didn't get the gear shifted in time to tell that story. But anyway, all that to say this, this is an historic week here at yeah. New Life. And I am, I just, I'm pinching myself right now that, that we're about to experience what it is that we're about to experience as a church. Well, as I was saying, this is a historic week here at New Life because we are launching the Highlands Campus. And this has been um, a longer journey than what a lot of people realize. I mean, this goes back years. years. In fact, yeah. In fact, what a lot of people don't realize is that there was multi-site conversation even in my interview process, mm -hmm. not formulated in a way where um, where we talk about it now. But um, I remember back when um, I was interviewing with the church way back in 2014. When it was Bella Vista Christian yeah, Church. Yeah, back when it was Bella Vista Christian Church. And and I remember talking to my predecessor, Ron, who, who became just a dear friend of mine. Um, I asked him about what he saw as the future of the church. And he told me back in 2014, he said, you know, Joe, if this church really takes off and grows, I really think the future is multi-site. Mm -hmm. He goes, I really feel like that's what needs to happen. That goes all the way back to 2014. Primarily so, because, well, Bella Vista, if you've ever been to Bella Vista, which is a gorgeous area, by the way, but we we don't have land. There's nowhere to move to. There's, I mean, you know, and you, that's right. You bring up a good point. I, I've, you know, one thing we want to talk about today is, is we've had so many people come into the church just since we, we started this whole process. Mm -hmm. And what I'm finding is that more and more people I talk to um, that weren't here with us a couple years ago, don't really have a connection to why we're moving this direction. I mean, they're on board with it. They love it. It's not, but it's you know, exciting, the history yeah. of it, and you bring up a good point, Kirsten, a lot of this started from the very fact that we're landlocked here. Yeah. You know, our, our church, if you're not familiar with, with our church campus, our rear campus right now um, our church looks like you know what a lot of churches that were built in the 70s and 80s looks like you know kind of an a-frame auditorium that now is our lobby because they built in the mid 80s a much larger um, auditorium and then um, oh about 2009 2010 they built an addition so our building has like three phases to it you have the original one built in the 70s the next part built in the 80s and the next part built in the mid 2000s and so it's beautifully how they've done it. I mean, they did it so well. I mean, you we walk. We even have a time capsule. We have a time capsule. You know, I no walk one knows through. What's in it? But I walk. <laughs> that is true. I don't. I don't know what's in there, <laughs> but um, they put that. I think in the wall in 2010, I yeah. believe. But you know, every part of this building, you know, you wouldn't know it walking through our building. It just feels like one complete building. I thought they've done a really good job at piecing it together. Um, but you know, uh, every part of this building reflects kind of a vision of that point in time with the church. You look at our facility, they have maximized every mm -hmm. square inch of space on our property. Mm -hmm. So much so that, you know, we can't add parking, we can't add any future expansion. And what's interesting you know, is we've looked at that. Oh my goodness, yes. We I don't remember the exact date, but we started shuttling um, oh, years many ago. Many years ago. Oh, years ago. Because one of the first things we run out of, before we run out of space in our building, we run out of parking space. That's right. And so we looked at, hey, can we build, you know, like a parking garage? Well, those are 
if you've ever that done that, it's astronomical price. And then can we add parking to uh, the back end of our lot? And that wasn't feasible either. So the, the easiest and the most efficient way for us to get more people in the building, which we did have space for, we just didn't have parking, was to partner with a local uh, parking lot pr- pretty much right down the street or across the street. Um, they have a ton of parking that's not used on Sundays um, or over the weekend. And they left us use that parking lot yeah, for now years, for years. For years have graciously allowed us to use and their parking lot. And we've got lot. amazing team that shuttles. And so that was our first solution in a... In a I, I need to tell you first, this goes back, I think, to 2016 or 2017 when it was becoming apparent, I think it was 2016, that our two services... And the amount of parking spots we have weren't enough. There's, you know, like like, like you had just said, mm-hmm. we run out of parking before we run out of seats mm-hmm. in the building. Yeah, and the building is larger than what our parking lot can handle because of the expansion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but I mean, they've if you look at the top down view, they've done a masterful job of maximizing parking stuff. I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not a complaint at all. It's just a reality. Oh yeah. And so we added a third service to to make more room, and that was really motivated by parking. But I remember back then. Um, we had bought. Do you remember that old shuttle that we bought? A lot of people they were not here. We bought the this original, the original shuttle, shuttle yes. that we no longer have with us. And so, I, I believe it was in a video. Yes. Yeah, so somewhere on the internet, way back, you got to search for it. But uh, Pastor John and several others on the team at the time, we did this funny I think sketch. Monica was in it. We did this funny sketch called "Ride the Shuttle Bus" as a promotion to try to get people to ride the shuttle bus. And you know, we've been talking about remaking that video all these years we'll later. Have but to put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. It is a throwback, and you will it, recognize a few of the faces in the video. Oh yeah, it is a throwback. And but I but that think, was the original shuttle. I think a year or two ago, John. I think it popped up on a memory wall on Facebook and John reshared it. Like, and it was like, like a no. lot of people were commenting on it. It's like, we need to do this again. I think anyway, it was, I don't think you had a beard back so, then. No, I didn't. So the, the, what is interesting about that is, is um, I knew where we could get a shuttle because in my previous ministry in Kansas city, there was a hotel that had donated one of their old Ford turtle top shuttles um, to us. Like they were, they were going to either get rid of it, junk it or whatever. And, and I had a relationship with that hotel. It's like, what are you guys doing with that? I knew the manager. And like, how about you just donate it to our church and then you can write it off. And like, that's a great idea. And we're talking about a shuttle that it still ran and drive drove, but it had like, 250,000 miles. Or it it might've been some TLC. It might've had 300, but they had put a new engine in it. I mean, it was a little bit rough, but I, but so this was our church in Kansas city. Well, it did the job, right? So our church in Kansas city never really used it. I mean, it sat on uh, in the parking lot, um, for like my last year there. And then I came to Bella Vista and then that, that shuttle just sat up there. So when we needed the shuttle, I reached out for my former church and I said, Hey, have you, are you guys using that shuttle at all? And they said, no, it's just been sitting ever since you were here. And I said, why don't you guys let that go? And, um, and, and why don't you let us have it? And (laughs) this, I laugh at it now at the time, I think I was a little offended by it. Um, they're like, yeah, we'll sell it to you. And I go, Whoa, Whoa, wait a minute. Wait wait a minute. You guys got it for free and you're not even using it. And if it wasn't for me, you would not even have it. And so I kind of argued. So your feelings got hurt. No, not too bad. But I argued with it from that point of view going, you know what? Why don't you just bless it on? Because we could really use it. And and we didn't. It's not like the church had very much money to 
invest in something like that. Well, they came back and they they said, well, we'll sell it to you for this price, which it wasn't a whole lot, but still it was the principle of it all. But anyway, we needed one. And they had one. Yeah. We bought it. And what's really funny is we used that for about a year. That's the shuttle that's in the Ride the Shuttle Bus video. And and I'll never forget, the guy driving the shuttle one Sunday morning, he parked it. And of course, I'm like, hey, we got cars down there. Why are you parking the shuttle? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, we can't drive it anymore. I said, oh, did it break down? And he goes, well, not exactly. I said, well, what happened? He goes, the floor fell out. <laughs> There were people. So the wheel wells, they rusted out and they fell out the bottom. And I went in to check it out. And sure enough, you could look, you could, you could put your feet down and touch the, the, you had a a set of dualies on the back. You could Fred Flintstone that thing. You could put your feet down. And I said, I told the guy, I said, I don't remember who it was that was driving the day. I'm like, I think that was a good decision. Way to take the initiative. (laughs) And not. And not drive our people back and forth. They can servant leadership where they can fall out the bottom. And so anyway, that, that shuttle served us for about a year and it worked great until, well, until the floor fell out (laughs) and, um, and it wasn't worth this to a fake. By that point we bought a new one and, uh, we ended up selling it, got most of our money, honestly got most of our money back on it. Um, and, um, anyway, but yeah, you're right. It was the shuttling. It was the parking. We went to three services right after that in 2017, we started a Saturday. Saturday night service and that was more evangelistically driven mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden in about a year year and a half time we were shuttling every service we had four services and that seemed to alleviate our a lot of our parking issue but you know what the church has just continued to grow and this is what a lot of people may not understand in the last nine years our church has grown over a thousand people mm-hmm. and and so and it's just been an awesome thing to watch but with that has come all the challenges so around 2017 when we were at four services, I remember the the eldership at the time were like, we have to think very strategically and we have to get out in front of this growth because if this growth continues, then we're going to have to, I mean, we're going to be landlocked. We're gonna, we can't build. Anyway, we went through a whole year worth of exploratory stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, Jerry Lamb and I uh, back then when we decided that multi-site was going to be the future, the elders actually made a decision, hey, we either going to have to build a new campus, do this or that, and through all that discussion, we felt like God was leading us to do a multi-site thing. This is back in mm-hmm. 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So we made the decision back then, our future is going to be one church, two campuses, or multiple campuses. And I remember driving all over Bella Vista with Jerry Lamb, one of our elders at the time. And and I remember we'd stop, we'd pray over land, we'd look at this, and how about that? And we'd look at it in closeness. This is back before the highway was built. This is back before the bypass around Bella Vista was even promised to be done. Mm. Like they had started part of it, but this is a project that's, they've been talking about for decades. And, and so anyway, we, well, a lot of people don't realize is that the church had put a, uh, an offer out on a piece of property out on the West side of Bella Vista. And that offer just sat there for a year. You know, the land was for sale, but, but there was no bites. And I remember at the time going, what, why is, why is this sitting here for so long? It's like, you know, we have a good offer there. Um, the land is for sale and it's in um, the neighborhood of what they, I think they wanted for the land, but nothing ever happened with that. And finally, after about a year, I was at, we were in a meeting and the elders were like, listen, it's time to cut bait and go, mm-hmm. you know, obviously this is not, you know, this would have, this would have hit. And, you know, I look back on that now and I remember being at the time, 
disappointed going, man, this thing's just never going to get any legs and go anywhere. I mean, we feel like God's leading this direction, but you know, it's a real lesson of like waiting on the Lord. And, and here's some things that, that God taught me. Cause what I didn't know then and what I know now is that God had something a hundred times better mm-hmm. than what, than what we had found. Mm-hmm. What we found at the time was like, we believe this is the best, mm-hmm. but in God God's something God's no God's like that's not the best. You yeah. just you don't even know what I have in store for you. It is not the best, and it's not the right time. Yeah, and I don't I don't know all the inner workings that you know I don't know what conversations were going on behind the scenes, but all I know is that did not move forward. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to, but it didn't. And then so we moved on, and um, and I am so thankful that that did not work out now. And um, and it was shortly after that um, we got the piece of property we have now, which is. About we have 15 acres mm-hmm. right off the brand new highway they built right off the Highlands Boulevard. We couldn't have asked for a better a better property. I remember when we got that one, and I remember sitting back going, "Thank you, Lord, for stopping us from yeah. doing something that we didn't even know what we were doing." And it's, the bypass wasn't even scheduled to be finished yet it when wasn't we purchased pro- that. No. We knew it eventually would be, but we didn't know the timeline. But we knew, wow, this is going to be such a prime piece of property that God if gave and us. when they ever finished it it was going to go right past our front door basically yeah. and, and then lo and behold we got a contract for the land and I believe it was about two weeks later there was this big surprise announcement on the news because the, the bypass was joint effort between Arkansas and Missouri and it was like all the stars have aligned and we are going to finish the bypass in three years connecting southern Missouri all the way down the west side of Bella Vista all the way into Bentonville Huge improvement. If you remember what life was like in Bella Vista, when you had to go through all those stoplights, traffic was backing up like crazy. It was definitely needed. So two weeks after we had a signed contract, they made this huge announcement. And that was amazing. And I remember just going to my knees and thanking the Lord because had we even waited a few weeks, I don't know if that land would have been available. Mm -hmm. But we finalized the deal, got it done. The people in the church were excited. We didn't have a timeline or time frame of when we're going to build, but we had our land. And that was such a huge piece of the puzzle of the future of the church. And we knew that one day there's going to be. Now, back then, we were just calling it the West Campus. We didn't have another name for it. It was just like West. And so we're like... Let's go west. So we started to build a campaign around this theme of go go west. west. And you know what? I caught myself on Sunday... Oh, you did? Yeah, I said, I called it the West Campus. And even though oh! we, that's what we called it for a couple of years yeah. before we had a name, yeah. the West Campus. And and uh, Kirsten, why don't you tell them how we well, even got the name Highlands? Well, it was Abby and I were actually yeah. together. So we had gone out there probably for a sign campaign, trying to figure out where we could put some signage for our future West Campus. Yeah, we hadn't moved any dirt yet. Was even out there. We were like, let's get some signage up. And so Abby and I started a conversation of, well, I know we're not going to call this the West Campus forever. And so we just started a conversation about, you know, I wonder what are some of the possibilities. And I believe Abby is the one who, Abby can probably take credit, which she probably won't, but she can probably (laughs) take credit for the name of it because we just started talking about, the highlands and yeah the highlands area is out there Mm -hmm. and we thought the exit was going to be rocky del hollow exit Uh but we were never considering rocky del hollow campus right we were considering mount pleasant campus because that's the the actual street street that it's on um but it's such a 
kind of minor street that we yeah. were like, well, that's not really, most people wouldn't. And then they ended up naming that exit Highlands Boulevard. And that kind of sealed the deal, yeah. I think. We're like, what about, I remember coming back talking to Joe and I said, hey, Abby and I were just talking and we're probably not going to call it the West Campus. What about Highlands Campus? And so his response isn't like what mine, mine would have been like, that's amazing. I'm but, a processor. But Joe's a processor and he goes, huh, yeah, that, that might work. And I was like, Ugh. Wah, wah. <laughs> and so he just now this is before construction i mean oh, this is yeah. right. this is like we're, i think before we even had a sign on the property to this is say a, this is a ways out so it wasn't anything that was immediate so i'm processing so it, took it several months i think we'd paid off the property and everything before i don't even know if we broke ground yet or if we had broke ground then i don't we remember like, okay, but i, I know that's that, what we'll but i know that we had settled on that name maybe a year before we ever announced it to the yeah. church it was we internally all started calling it the Highlands Campus because mm-hmm. Highlands Boulevard exit and the Highlands being out there. Highlands in Bella Vista, if you don't know, is kind of an area in Bella Vista. There's this, what they call the Highlands Gate. And once you go past that gate, that's considered like the Highlands area. It's the far west side of Bella Vista. And there's a lake out there. There's lots, um, of, there's lots of lakes in Bella Vista, but there is a, a, the largest lake in Bella Vista is out in the Highlands area. And so if people said, uh, where do you live? They'd probably say, I live in the Highlands area. Oh, okay. That makes sense to us here locally. Which is funny because I didn't know this till recently. I, I don't know how I lived here all this time. didn't know this, but that's actually, when we say the Highlands, it's like a reference or throwback or at least a head nod to the Highlands of Scotland. Yeah. Oh. And so we have had lots of jokes about having bad pi- bagpipes and men wearing kilts on grand opening, and you know, and I've shown pictures to church with Cody dressed up in a kilt, and we've done we've done all kinds of stuff to play this theme. I don't know how I lived here so long and Great. did not connect that dot. That's true. But we've had a lot of fun with it since so since we did. So that's how we came up with the Highlands. Abby came up with the Highlands. You heard it here title. on the Under the Hood podcast. That's <laughs> I guess, about it. I guess. That's, that's like under the, that sure is Under the Hood. Abby. So if you hate that name, blame her. Blame <laughs> Abby. Absolutely blame Abby. She put that thought in our heads. <laughs> Happy like that, Abby. You're welcome. (laughs) We love the name. I I think everybody who kind of heard it was like, that just sounds like perfect for that spot in that area. And so, so we went with the Highlands, but we, for a long time, we're just talking about the West Campus, West Campus. We did this whole go West campaign, which is still going on and people are still. And you didn't want to change the name to Highlands right in the middle of a go West campaign. No, we couldn't. So I think it was after we did the groundbreaking and once we got the building almost completed, when you had a big kind of reveal of what we were going to call both campuses, which internally, like I said, we had already been referring to this campus that we're at currently, which is called our Reardon campus. Um, and then we were internally calling the other campus, the Highlands campus. That's right. So, um, we had already named them in our computer system and stuff like that. So people started catching wind about it, but you know, finding the property and moving forward and, you know, feeling like God was moving that, you know, that's just one piece of the puzzle. That's not just because you have property and just because you have a vision doesn't mean that you're at all ready to go multi-site. And something that we've spent a long time now evaluating, praying, thinking through, consulting with others is just, are we, can we, are we ready to go do this, to go do this? Because the last thing we would ever want to do is, is 
is do something we weren't ready to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think God would ever lead us to do something that we weren't prepared to do or he wouldn't equip us to do. For sure. But, you know, COVID, when COVID hit, a lot of things kind of slowed down. In some ways they slowed down, but in other ways they ramped up. That, for us. For us. Yeah. Internally, when, when COVID hit and we were kind of re, you know navigating that season, that actually put us on a path to design this building, connect with Brown Church Consulting Group, and really put that thing together and think through very methodically. You know, not a lot happened during COVID as far as in construction or that stuff, but we did design a building. We did work through that whole process, and we did really refine what it is that we were looking for. But at the same time, and this is kind of blending two conversations together, what COVID showed us is that we were a very healthy church. Mm-hmm. We were a healthy church going into COVID, and we were a healthy church coming out of COVID. And they've been able to study a lot of this dynamic. Like, like it's pretty much been a proven fact that churches that were healthy and growing mm-hmm. going into COVID came out of COVID still growing and healthy. Mm-hmm. And like basically, they thrived in that season because of the unity alignment they were. That was our experience. It's not bragging. It's just been our experience. But churches that went into COVID unhealthy yeah. or plateaued or really just then 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 COVID did a real number on those mm-hmm. churches. Like like it like highlighted all of these things. And so a lot of churches that even are still struggling, it's not criticism by any means, but it's that like I don't know, it just for us, it said to me, we weathered that and we are healthier, stronger than we've ever been coming out of it. And a lot of new growth coming out of it. And that's what solidified for me. I don't think that any church can can do a multi-sided adventure or any kind of jump this way if they're not in a healthy, growing situation as it well, is. What's nice is a couple things here is that we partnered with Brown Development and they assess the churches they're going to work with. Oh, yeah. And they spent a long time with us. You know, during COVID, um, Zoom meetings became like a thing. Oh, I got so sick of Zoom meetings. But it worked out really well because they were based in another state and they were going to have to have the Zoom meeting with us anyway. So we all started having these Zoom meetings for this assessment type um, investment that they put in on on us. And so what was neat is that they were assessing what kind of a church, the health yep. of this church. Like, mm-hmm. I want to meet with your groups person. I want to meet with your kids person, your students person, and, and start assessing. And that's what they came out with is you guys are a very healthy church. And I don't think we'd be saying all this if we weren't unhealthy, but it was really great to hear. You know, we work really hard to do the things that we're doing and, and pour ourselves into this ministry ministry work, but it's nice to hear, oh, what you're doing is really, really healthy for your church. And not only is the work that you're doing on staff healthy, the people that are attending your church and giving and participating and serving, it's all, all of it makes up this really great health grade for, yeah, we want to partner with you and help you build the second campus because you guys are in the perfect position to do it. That process before we ever designed anything for a building. Yeah was a real encouragement. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, it was good for me to hear that outside feedback and all the demographic studies and all the things that went into, you know, it, it was like, it was God, a God really did. Stuff. God really did provide land. That was going to be a very strategic location for the mm-hmm. future, more so than we even ever knew when we mm-hmm. bought it. So that 
three months where we did all that, that hard work before we ever thought about what we were going to build that. So the health. So that assessment happened first over zoom during COVID. And then once they assessed, you guys are a great healthy church. Cause I don't think that if, if we were a really unhealthy church, I think they would have said, we think you need to slow your roll. Like this, oh, absolutely. this is not a great situation. Your church is not ready for this, but they said, look, we've done all the assessment all these interviews, all the the legwork, and you guys are in a great position. Yes, unfortunately, we're going through COVID, but we know we're going to come out of that. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great time to do it. And then we moved into the planning phase of, okay, what do we need? What do we need to build? What do you guys want? And we tried to take into consideration what does Bella Vista look like? Do you remember that first meeting when Brown, that or that, that group came down to work with us, the early stages, and we started the preliminary conversation. And do you remember when when they put all these pictures up on, on the, the wall? wall? We were in meeting room two yeah. and they covered one of the walls with pictures of churches. Yeah. And they started going, What do you like? What do you don't like? Yeah. And their whole process of how to design a church I thought was incredible. It was my first time to go through that. And it was definitely not their first time. Oh, most definitely not their first time. <laughs> and so through the the process of like them asking all the right questions, showing us examples of all these things. I mean, it got down to where, where we're pretty much like everybody had thrown at it their best ideas mm -hmm. and they processed it and they started to come through. And we, then after we kind of got a general look we were going mm -hmm. for and the general functionality of what we're looking for, then you get into the really fine tunings of like, well, what are you doing? What is your ministry like? What all that stuff? We don't bore you with all the details and now. And welcomed but, all the voices of our staff. It yeah. was not just, hey, just part of your staff is going to be involved in this. All of the voices of our staff. Brought the whole team in for this. Yeah. yeah. So we were all part of that um, planning and uh, planning phase of, I really like this look and I feel like when we build this new campus that this should, you know, reflect our community and, and reflect the building that we currently have and, and what we, things that we would change and how we do things. Cause how we do things now in this campus are different than what we did 10 years ago. And oh, so, you know, having four services, so we want, you know, different things like that. So it was really neat how we went through that planning phase with the entire staff and the, and all of the voices heard. Yeah. And then there was that magical drum roll moment where months of work. And then we had the, the initial, Hey, here is the building we designed. Yeah, the floor plan. And I remember the, I remember Todd Brown, the owner of Brown construction, you know, he called me, he goes, man, Joe, I think you guys are going to be so thrilled. He goes, I am so proud of this building that's being designed here. And then they just unveiled it. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like, and there it is, you know, and that, <laughs> that, um, and I was at that point, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of tweaking and fine tuning and yeah. all that stuff and, and adaptations, but that first stab was such a good first impression. I remember um, could, I could not wait to show the church mm -hmm. all of this. Do you remember the big reveal we did? Um, we did the uh, worship day out at the the land. We hadn't done any construction yet, yeah. but some of the guys in our church went out there and cut down some trees and created an opening out in the field. They and They were so excited <laughs> to have some bobcat moving dirt and getting stuff done. We're going to have something out there with all the ticks. I don't remember how many people showed up, maybe 150, 200 people. Yeah. Was it a Sunday afternoon? Um, but anyway, we... we um, we just went out there and I remember they, they built a little bridge over the, 
the the drainage the ditch ravine, out there, yeah. the ravine, so people could walk across yeah. and and um, it everybody was just kind of parked a, on the street and they walked in. Just and kind of a nice moment that everybody took something from the property to and the bypass. Pray I about. Don't believe the was finished back no, then. No, I don't think so. So um, that was. I mean, it was. I, I'm trying to remember now, but but we got out there and I remember. Um, um, Shirley Eastman mm-hmm. and Naomi, Naomi Ryan, Ryan sitting on sitting on um, a, hay a hay bale, and yep. Shirley Eastman has now gone into heaven, mm-hmm. and um, and Naomi is dealing with some significant health struggles uh-huh. and stuff. But she was at the open house, and yeah. and but I remember this picture. There's a picture that maybe we can add it to the show notes. But there was a picture of the two of them. I believe I have it. Yeah, sitting on a hay bale, and I just remember thinking how special it was to have those two ladies. Um, at that in the front row there. at that worship prayer thing and just supportive celebrating Naomi's one of our longest mem- members yeah she she wasn't here on day one but as close to day one as you can get right and uh, and um, her daughter gave me some old church directories and there's pictures of her and her husband who's now in heaven but but um, but uh, at all the different groundbreakings oh, and all wow. the different like there was a picture of of uh, Naomi and her husband at the uh, at the um, groundbreaking for the auditorium back in the mid eighties. Mm. And anyway, it was just, um, it was neat. I, that's what stands out to me, but we sang John led a great little worship set out there. And then we had the big, big board, picture yeah, of the, of the, the picture. And I, we told people, if you want to see what the building looks like, you you've got to come out to this. <laughs> and so, but then we and unveiled it. People cheered and, and it was just one of those great, great yeah. moments. And every one of these things we're talking about was just a step along the journey. So, you know, when, when we talk about this is something that's been going ongoing for years, that's what we're talking about. We're going back to 2016, 17, walking through this whole process. So the level of fulfillment and excitement I feel as the pastor of New Life mm-hmm. right now, as we're getting ready to launch the Highlands mm-hmm. Campus with all the buildup that has yeah. I just, I, I'm like, I'm pinching myself because it has finally arrived. It's yeah. just all this preparation and, and all of these God stories that have been happening and all these neat things. And so... Well, it's popping up on my memories now, like on Facebook memories of a year ago that we'd go out to the land. Now, this is after we broke ground. So we broke ground... Um, probably a year ago, July of 2022, around there. Um, And we couldn't invite the entire church to that just because it's a construction zone. They had cleared the land and we all had to wear like hard hats and stuff. But anyway, a couple of my memories just popped up where we would take our boys out there and we would just walk around and pray and just imagine like, what is God going to do here? And uh, Brock is sitting like in a bobcat. He's like pretending like he's driving it. And I was like, oh, that was only a year ago. I mean, it's like, it feels like forever ago, yet it feels like it was yesterday. And it's just so crazy that I'm like, and here we are getting ready now to open this new campus. And that was a year ago that we're, you know, just how many times we would show up out there just to pray and just to, Oh man, I lost track. Not, not to put a halo over our heads, but I don't even remember how many times that you and I would just say, let's drive out there and pray. And I and, know there's tons of other people oh, from yeah. your life that have too, because while we'd be out there, someone would be driving through as well, trying to, you know, pray in their car or get out and, and do the same thing. I can promise you it's a well prayed for yeah, <laughs> construction for sure. site. 
but, a lot of people are invested in it. Yeah. I remember when we did that worship thing out there with Naomi and Shirley, we mm-hmm. encouraged people to take something from the site yep. and, uh, and use it as a prayer object of like, uh, uh, just a reminder to yeah. pray. And it's been neat. I've been having people send me the pictures of their rock. Hey, we're still praying for That's this. I just awesome. got one the other day from somebody. Um, and they just, they just said, Hey, we just still pray for this all the time. But anyway, the groundbreaking was amazing. And then we just watched this building get built. But all of this time, what God was doing spiritually in our church is this whole season of planning and preparation and construction, God was refining us as well as a mm-hmm. leadership about getting us very focused on what our mission is exactly. You know, we, we, we've always talked about it in broad sense of like, we're here to make disciples, you know, the Great Commission. That is always the, the drive of, it should be the drive. If, if, mm-hmm. if the church is not focused on making disciples, you know, th- then what is the focus? Because mm-hmm. you've missed the point somewhere. Mm-hmm. But over the last two years, we've been able to really hone in on what is our specific mission. What are we, what are we trying to do as a church? What problems are we trying to solve as a church? You know, what what are the things that God has positioned us uniquely for to meet needs here in our community and with the gospel? And and it all is kind of culminating now. You know, all of our mission and vision, and now all of it into the last two months. I've been preaching this series called "Get Ready," mm-hmm. and we've been talking about our discipleship strategy. What is it that that we want everybody at New Life to be a part of? It doesn't matter which campus. You know, uh, what is the thing that's going to help people grow? And so, for the last eight weeks, I've been asking the church to memorize these three words: gather, grow, and go. And we've been talking about this simple discipleship path. And, um, and so if you're new to our church family or, um, you need to understand this, this series is the culmination. I mean, I think it's like the culmination of all of this work, stuff that happened years ago, but it's now to that point is we've got two campuses. What's going to keep us together and aligned and all moving the same direction. We're going to be a church that gathers together. We're going to be a church that grows. And, you know, we promote life groups as the main growth vehicles of church. And we're going to go that what go is the outpouring of what God is doing in your heart. And that's well beyond anything that we could put a sign-up list for. That's anything that we give a T-shirt and say, hey, go represent. This is about you personally representing and going in the name of Jesus and being an ambassador for Christ. How does that come out of you? And we talked about in terms of being a servant like Jesus was, um, being enthusiastic about the gospel and sharing it, courageous generosity, all that stuff. That's how it comes out. So I feel like as we come into this multi-site, as we launch this, we are about as prepared as I know how to be. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we're going to learn in the process. It's going to be on the job training for a lot of things. But I believe that God has rallied around here just the right team. Um, our staff is, uh, I'm thrilled about who God has brought in during this journey. And I could go through every one of their stories and, you know, maybe that'd be a podcast of all the different stories of how people even got to this team. And and it would amaze you their stories of, Mm -hmm. of how they got here. But God has assembled a team and he's put together a group that, you know, um, on our staff that is really dialed into what we're doing. And so we have our mission and our visions and we have our alignment with our discipleship strategy and, and we're going to launch this thing and I'm excited, man. So here we are. So when we started this podcast about how excited we are about this whole process, it, it, it's exciting. Very exciting. And, um, I can't wait, you know, I'm, I'm giddy. It's like yeah. Christmas. Well, and it's a big change too, because we're also changing the times of our service times that yep. we've been doing four services at this campus for how long? 
since 2017 or 18. Yeah. So, I mean, as you can imagine, that's hard on our staff. I mean, that's, it's not easy, but we're called to this. This is what we want to do. And so in order to accommodate a growing church, we've added services. So we're excited to change the service times because we are taking some people and, and they're heading off to the Highlands campus. And so both services on Sunday will be nine and 11 for both campuses, 9am and 11am. And then we're keeping our Saturday night service here at the Reardon campus. And so, you know, if some of you don't realize, but that sometimes that Saturday night service sometimes competes with the attendance at our 10am service on at Reardon. Yeah. Sometimes that Saturday night is the largest largest service of the it weekend creeps up there. So, um, so we're keeping that Saturday night service at Reardon, but both campuses will be Sunday morning, nine and 11, at least for, for to start at the time of this recording, at the time of this recording, <laughs> you know, that's something we're going to have to watch very closely because, yeah. you know, it. You know, and we're anticipating certain amount of people going over to Highlands campus. And if the numbers ring true to what our, you know, all of our data says, then, on day one, we should be able to do two services on Sunday to each campus and Saturday night at five. Yeah. That that should service, but you know, you never, you don't really know until you know. Yeah. And so, what I've I've told the church, we're going to be a Simper Gumby church, and that I'll be honest with you, that that has kind of caught on with people. And I they they say things to me every weekend now. It's like we're being Simper Gumby. And I appreciate that. Um, and I, we, we've talked about that in a previous podcast about... Well, and even our staff, we've been saying, hey, we don't know how long this is going to be because we're gonna be always God flexible. keeps blessing us with so many people coming in the doors that we're going to have to be flexible and we might have to change the times of the service if to accommodate more people. So that's awesome. That's right. I mean, but, yeah. And, and so it, what we're going to do is if it proves in these first couple of weeks that 9 and 11 at either campus just doesn't d- doesn't get it done and we're still having parking issues and seating issues then we're going to pivot quick and you know we already do 8 30 10 and 11 30 we're going to go right back in 8 30 10 and 11 30 just like we have been doing and we'll just pivot quickly we know how to do it and um and we can shift so we just need people to just know that we're on top of it and um and always open to suggestions and feedback we want that but I think there's a general feeling. Would you guys say this is true? Most of us here on staff don't think that 9 and 11 is going to stay that way for very long. I yeah. think a couple <laughs> weeks maybe. Abby, what's your prediction? That we're going to have to add one next weekend. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> at okay. one of the two, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Well, we'll we, just have we to see. We were hopeful when we planned it that way, but I think reality is um, when we start looking at our stats that we're... We are launching a new campus, but we're going to have to get ready for something, something awesome that God's doing here. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the general feeling that, you know, where we start or how we start and how we continue are, are two completely different things. So friends buckle up and you know what? Some of you have been on this journey with us for this whole time. And I want to thank you so much for Mm -hmm. staying faithful, Mm -hmm. being here at the church and, and being a champion with us and, and an encourager. Um, I can't even tell you 
how many times you guys have kept me going because of a kind word or an encouraging word or just something that you do. You don't even realize it, but you say something and it confirms something that the Lord's working on. Mm-hmm. And I think he's using you to send, you know, confirmational messages, if you will. And I, I, I see that all the time. So those of you that have been with us since the very beginning, back when before this was just the nucleus of an idea, mm-hmm. thank you. And those of you that have come into the church um, in the last year, I would say since we started Go West, um, and you weren't part of the the, the financial side of that. Um, uh, hold, you know, buckle seatbelts. We're gonna be talking about that more. Um, but um, but you know, uh, those of you who who have come in in the last year or two. And you are kind of catching wind of this as we talk about it going on. Like, yeah, I know you've picked up, we're planting a second campus. You're, you know, you, you're, but you don't know the history of it. And I hope that this podcast has helped you kind of understand just a little bit, just a little bit of that journey. There's a, a glimpse, lot more to yeah. it, but just a little glimpse, a little under the hood glimpse into that journey. But I want to thank you for being here too, because you are coming in in what I think is one of the most if not the most exciting season in this church's history. Mm-hmm. And you'll those of you that will be with us on day one of the Highlands campus, there will never be another group of people that can say, I was here from the beginning. I was here on day one. So you you get a little special place in history of like I got to, and when you get to be a part of something at the beginning, you're gonna have these stories years from now going, Oh, I remember when we started that campus. Oh, I remember this. I remember that. Um, and I'm excited about that journey. So I want to thank those of you who've been with us the whole time. I want to thank those that have come. And um, and I, I want to just want to praise God for those who will come. You know, we built this with new people in mind. And so I believe God's preparing hearts all over Northwest Arkansas. So thank you for those who've been here. Thank you for those that have joined us along the way. And let us all thank and praise God for who we're going to reach in the future. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show.